0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition,
1: liftoff. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about
2: Live from the Uber, returning us to the Chicago airport, this is the award-winning, twice-award-winning now, stamp show here today, episode number 199, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. This is Scott. This is Cash. And today we're going to be discussing the Chicago Pecs stamp show recap. Um, We've taken a whole two weeks off between Chicago and Thanksgiving and everything like that, so hopefully you're all still out there. And uh, we're finally going to get to the drawing for the stamps that were given away.
0: Yay.
2: So all nine entries. You got a good chance.
0: Yeah. W- what was that about the award from Chicago?
2: Stamp show here today, one of Vermeer. Yay. But I think it seemed to be that it was done as a website thing because it was there was no other in the section that we were in. Mm-hmm there were like six entries and all of them were like websites, like Patricia Kaufman's website and like the Collector's Club of Chicago's website. Interesting. So I don't know that it was judged.
1: I don't think they judged a podcast. I think they just judged it as a website. I'm not really sure.
2: It's just just the way it was posted in the frame at the show. Considering
0: the fact that I did not go to the critique. Yeah. Well, the first one that we applied to they judged us as if it was a book, and we got severely downgraded because we don't have a table of contents. And because uh, we're not a book. Yeah, it, well, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of the criticisms that got us a good, you know, we didn't get a great award, but we got an award, so we're award-winning. But the reason was is because we didn't have all these things that a real scholarly book has, like a table of contents, and of course you can't have one. On a well, maybe we we didn't
2: have we didn't have an index.
0: Yeah, exactly. An index was another one, you know, stuff like that. So this time we submitted it, and we said, "Well, here's our index," and we showed that Podbean lists the episodes, and you can click on the episodes, and then here's the index, and we showed the website and things like that. So they, you know, the judges looked at it and said, "Oh, okay, now we can judge it like a book." Although, obviously, you know, Patricia Kaufman, who, you know, she's a great lady and has a great website. I don't know how they judge that either. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, media is changing.
1: Unfortunately, stamp judging is not as quick
2: to change. Well, Well, this wasn't stamp judging. Although I think the best... um, one of the best um exhibits I saw in Chicago was the Hot Wheels single frame. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was a
1: cool yeah. that was a cool exhibit.
2: Actually had a Hot Wheels track that went was taped to the exhibit frame, went down to the floor, went through a loop and then back up the other side of the frame. Yep. And had um, actually had all of the cars that were depicted on the stamps in a um in a little plexiglass holder. So it actually had the nine nine or ten cars that there were. Cool. Actually had each car in, represented. And I'm like, hey, three-dimensional exhibit. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool.
0: Yeah, that, I put that on my Facebook page because I thought it was so good. It was well done. It's people thinking outside of the box and making the exhibits entertaining. People. That, uh, that exhibit was uh, done by Jay Begalki. It was indeed. Of uh, Linz. And... He did it non-competitive. Right. And I said, why the heck didn't you put this competitive? I mean, you deserve an award for this. I don't care. You know, you can look there and say, okay, of course it's not going to get a gold. But just for style and class and thinking and you stuff. you know, it,
2: it, it could very well they get didn't most judge. popular.
0: Oh, I thought yeah. The, I
2: thought they didn't judge on based on style. and.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's it. You know, there, there's the old story about the uh, Thanksgiving ham. You know, it's uh, the uh, mother would always serve the ham and the ends were cut off. And they said, well, why are the ends cut off? And they had all these theories that, uh, you know, it was they gave it to the poor or that it was a way to better cook or something like that. And one day grandma walked in and said, no, we cut the ends off because that's how it would fit in the pan. Otherwise, it was too big. And we're sort of in that where, you know, we're cutting the ends off the ham and we think that it's something really stamp related, that it's the basis of philately or something like that. And it's like, no, it just makes it fit in the pan.
2: Well, organized in 1886, the Chicago Philatelic Society, which, by the way, is chapter number one of the American Philatelic Society. I didn't know that. And one of two organizations with the longest uninterrupted service to philately in the United States held its stamp show, Chicago PEX. In addition to the stamp show, each month the Chicago Philatelic Society hold its me- holds its meetings on the third Thursday in downtown Chicago at the Harold Washington Library. Meetings run from 7 to 9 p.m. and usually include a philatelic presentation and society business. And all are welcome if you happen to be in Chicago on that day. Many speakers are advanced collectors who share insights on exciting stamp and postal history subjects. If you are hungry, some members and guests attend a Dutch treat dinner at 5.30 at Berghof, which I guess is a Dutch restaurant. I guess so. This year's Chicago Peck's show theme was honoring the 200th anniversary of Illinois' statehood and the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I. The theme is featured on the show postcard and the cover of the show program. The U.S. Postal Service will likely have the stamp for the Illinois 200th anniversary for sale available at the show. Uh, this is actually from their um, press release that we're reading, and the U.S. Postal Service was not there.
0: Oh, they weren't? No, they were not.
2: Nope. Oh, they did And I overheard a couple of the, I think, the organizers behind the table talking about that because someone asked, and they were unthrilled. No, too bad.
1: You know, I, I have attended Chicago Pex a number of times, and I really don't recall the Postal Service ever being there.
0: When I had to
2: have a tent. I also remember from the from the website it said the the UN was going to be there, and I didn't see the UN there either.
0: No, they weren't there. Um, usually the UN isn't there. However, they have um, they have a representative, right? That, that, right, uh, and it's usually it's part of their dealer. Booth. Uh, what's the dealer's name? That's usually the UN rep. I forget his name. God, he's going to get angry at me because I see him all the time. Anyway, they usually have a rep there who sells the new issues. But he, I have not seen, actually, a U.N. post office.
1: Yeah, I, I think he was there. Oh, okay. He was, in, he was in the back row, I think. They buried him in the back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there were nearly 300 frames of philatelic material on display with something of interest for all attendees. Uh, like I said, I personally was attracted to the Hot Wheels. That was cool. Uh, On Saturday, it marked the 52nd anniversary of the philatelic literature competition with the books and other materials on display. There really wasn't... I didn't see the books on display so much as just, like, pictures in frames. It was strange. It's not how I would have imagined the philatelic literature competition. I will
0: bet you, because I've been to Chicago a couple times, how they do it, if you went into the exhibit room that's right there by that frame Mm -hmm. and you go into the back they have all the books piled up on a table that you can look at but they are not like set out anyway they're just there if you wanted to thumb through
2: them Uh, i didn't notice they had the youth stamps in that room and then there were two guys sitting behind a table
0: yep if you if they set it up the same way this year and again i didn't go this year but last year you have the youth on the left and then you have the books on the right
2: Yeah, sort of like that. Yeah. Chicago PEC's judges also evaluate electronic literature such as websites, blogs, and online articles. We were kind of briefly discussing that already. Um, Like I said, I think we were in the website website category, it looked like.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only two websites, and they actually were. There's only two podcasts. Excuse me, two. And actually, the one. Actually, there's more. And there are? Yeah, I think somebody else started one. Well, there's one. There's a two old ones that haven't uh, broadcast in like a year or two. And then there's Miss Clark's with the APS. But that's a radio show rather than a podcast. Although I guess it's a podcast.
1: Is she still basically reading Lynn's? I haven't listened to it recently.
0: Um,. She's a nice lady. Oh, she's... I'm not arguing that.
2: But there was one put up not all too terribly long ago. It was like a three-part interview with somebody.
0: Yeah. In my opinion, she has some good topics sometimes. I just can't get over the sound quality. It sounds like they're, you know, recording in a barrel somewhere. or, Or it's over, like, speaker phones or something like that. I mean... People who listen to this podcast, you don't realize how much effort has to go in to making this podcast sound nice and clean.
2: Especially Cash.
0: Yeah, especially me. Um, You know, we have microphones and a board and everything like that. And if you listen to other podcasts, you know, do it how you want to do it. And I know a lot of people who do it. but. Sound matters. You know, cleanliness of the sound matters.
2: Listening to other podcasts, poor sound quality can lose me faster than content.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: There's one I was doing listening to that was, and admittedly they even said this at the beginning, it was a, a Civil War history podcast, and it was a man and his wife, and they were sitting at their kitchen table. And... The quality was okay, is okay. It doesn't sound bad. They're using like some, you know, at least moderately decent equipment. But that got me because their content was good too. Yeah. But if they had sound much more off than they did, it would have been hard to listen to. And that's that's the hard part. Well, like
0: last week's podcast, I put up uh, me and Mark at the Las, uh, Las Vegas stamp show. And it was actually on the floor at the stamp show. And we have this happen from time to time is, you know, we will record on the floor with all the background noise and we filter out that background noise and we set up our microphones a certain way so that, you know, it doesn't get upsetting to people because it can get real obnoxious. I I am positive that everybody who listens to this podcast doesn't just listen to this one podcast. They probably listen to other ones. And so they know what we're talking about. But making clean, un, you know, un, nails on the scratch, uh, chalkboard sort of s- irritating noises, that's that's important.
2: <laughs> well, the show Boris also featured about 75 dealers from the United States and Europe. They had a vast array of material to interest everyone. Uh, anywhere from beginning to advanced collectors and exhibitors. I mean, there's there's
1: <laughs> and stamps the Funny thing was, he actually found a few covers that he bought because he went, "Ooh, I like that."
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but that and it was it was just the it funniest was part, that, cop. part. That and part reference. One it was one I bought cop. was I think uh, a twenty six on cover. And and then I 11. thought it was a neat color, but Cash said it's just toned, so
0: oxidized.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was just funny the comment that he made. But yeah, they have something of interest to everyone, <laughs> even <Yeah>. Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what did you find? Uh, I found a couple neat things. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got a uh, a an experimental paper variety on a 2 cent um Fourth Bureau issue. I found um a couple
0: of nice recalled legend sheets. Oh, yeah. We talked about that yeah. just a second ago. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, people... Uh, w- he found some really nicely well-centered ones, and we were talking about possibly breaking them up. Well, the interesting, the interesting thing is, you know,
1: I probably, at the show, and there were a number of dealers that had uh, a number of them for sale... And as I went around and I looked at the different dealers, I looked at the centering of the sheets. And it, I was surprised at, that uh, well-centered sheets are not easy to find.
0: Oh, well, we know that from the uh, inverted Jenny souvenir sheets. Well, yeah. But yeah, the other thing we were discussing was that, uh, and this is something that people may not know. Not, it's just not that one picket stamp that's different. All the stamps except for the corners, and supposedly the corners are different too. But all the uh, f- other ones can be differentiated by their frame lines.
1: It's very easy to differentiate. The corners, I think, have design elements that are different. But each one is unique, and you have to—you just have to know what to look at.
0: Yeah. So if you bust up a Legend of the West sheet, you can tell that yeah, it is can, whether still, it's recalled or the not one. Yeah, you can still still tell which issue it is. Yeah. And uh, just so happens I, br- I got a press sheet from uh, Jim Forty, the- shout out to Jim, and I just busted it up today and made uh, the cross gutter sheets and then used the rest for postage. So anybody who bought anything from me for uh, on eBay, you're going to be getting Legends of the West stamps on your mail.
1: I think I, I think I busted up about, I don't know, 10 or 12 of those press sheets a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, well, I bust them up, I take the cross gutter sheet, hoping that someday somebody will... Someday like, somebody will want one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, maybe I'll make a couple bucks off that, but the rest of it I just use for postage. It's well, that's always, postage. The fa-
1: that's always the fallback position, is if you buy it for postage, you can always use it for postage. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if somebody pays you a premium for the sheet, then good on you, but... Uh, you know, you just just don't hold on to it too long.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's the thing is, I'll take it and I'll throw it in a box. And let it, I still have uh, imperf press sheets of the Elvis Presley stamp. Uh huh. Which, by the way, people um, we're getting into this time period right now, where if you have curled up press sheets inside of the tubes. You're going to start noticing that they are falling apart. Get them out of the tubes, pack them flat, because they do not survive when they're curled up, rolled up. How do you mean they're falling apart? Um, the if if it's die cut, the stamps, the edges of the stamps are popping off the paper. Oh, oh, okay, I see what you mean. If it's not die cut, then you know who cares? I, I I'm, oh, you still care because well, if you're yeah. a collector and you want it flat. Yeah. So either way, it's
1: a good idea to flatten them out when you get them anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I bought uh, that, and then I bought a bunch of uh, baseball sheets. And I, the um, what's the big space sheet with the hologram stamps on it?
1: That's the space sheet.
0: Yeah, the space. <laughs> uh, it's
1: from 98 From yeah, 2000. I got
0: yeah. eight of those. And uh, again, it's just postage. We're going to cut it off and use it for postage. But I, they, those are nice. They made a nice poster there. Yeah, That's I, a poster. I, I think they actually go for about a hundred bucks. Uh, well, I ba- I paid eighty percent of face for them. So. Right, right. No,
1: no. You you can find them. There's a, there aren't, but there aren't big holdings of those out there. No, no. Well, and I've got eight and of generally, them. I mean, when when I when they first came out, I bought one and I took it home and had it framed. Yeah. Well, and because it's it's great. It, there's so much imagery outside of what the the, souvenir, the actual cut up souvenir sheets uh had. There's so much additional imagery there that it, it does really make a great poster.
0: Yeah, for people who don't know what we're talking about, it it's what six sheets and t- three of the sheets have hologram stamps on it. And the middle stamp is a round stamp. It's a eleven dollar and seventy five cent stamp in the center. I think so, yeah. And uh, it's really—it's a a poster. It's a really neat looking poster. When are you going to frame one for the studio? I can bring one up, and it will
2: right behind me. That'd be cool.
0: You know, honestly, they well they're downstairs. All we have to do is bring it up. But we need to frame this. Well, they come on the cardboard that came from the post office. And that, that never, looks really nice. I never got
1: cardboard from the post office because I, I bought mine at the at the uh, mega show in uh, Anaheim where they were right. issued. Yep. And I I didn't get any cardboard. I had to stick it in the trunk of my car and hope it didn't get damaged on the way home.
0: <laughs> okay. right. I, I just remember that I uh, busted one up and I put it on mail and the uh, post office rejected the stamp, the $11.75 stamp, they rejected it. So I had to walk down there, bring a Scott's catalog, and say, there it is. And they go, oh, okay, we'll accept it.
2: Yeah, you will. <laughs> well, speaking of $11.75 stamps, the Postal Commission just improved the rate hike. Isn't that what stamps are going up to now for first-class mail? <laughs> yeah, that's about right.
0: <laughs> yeah, your forever stamps have all gone up in value.
2: Or will shortly. Yeah. So what, what did F- they put it up? Fifty-five cents, a five-cent jump. Yeah, forget this penny stuff anymore. Well, that's you know, uh,
1: I think that's not a bad thing to just have a round number. I was happy when they made it around fifty-nine cents instead of forty-nine or forty-seven because it's a lot easier around, to calculate. Around fifty-nine cents, <laughs> forty-nine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's a lot easier to calculate what sheets are uh, when you have round numbers like
0: that, but. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going through my head, figuring out how I'm going to use 15 cent stamps and 18 cent stamps now. (laughs) So speaking about Chicago packs again, what was the market like? What was trading? What was not trading? What's hot and what's not?
1: It was probably the traffic I think was a little bit off. Um, they did have snow. It snowed all day from about midnight on Friday night. All the way, mostly the way through Saturday. So through it was Sat- Saturday,
2: co- Saturday afternoon, at least. It, yeah. it
1: was it was cold. Um, it spent mo- most of the time we were there. It was below freezing. Uh, but that's not unusual for Chicago, and I don't think that, in and of itself, affected the traffic. But I did think the traffic was off a little bit. But I also think that there people who did go were actually buying. I thought it was fairly active. I know I was busy. I was very busy there. Um, so,
0: what was selling? What did you
1: notice? Uh, well, I noticed uh, modern errors were selling.
0: Oh yeah, tell uh, tell the, everybody uh, about that. We discussed that earlier. The
1: uh, the art of magic souvenir sheet that was issued in Las Vegas this summer, uh, and was discovered without die cuts at the the following weekend at the Columbus APS Stamp Show, and. Uh, uh, just before the show, Siegel sold one in, in their big rarity sale, and uh, with the uh, buyer's premium, it sold for just over $1,000. So as I walked around the show, I noticed there were three or two or three or four dealers that had those, and they were basically selling them for $1,000 a piece, and I know at least one dealer sold out of what he had. He had you know, three or four of them, and he sold them all at the show. Um, the Dragon... Stamps that were issued in Columbus were also found with an error. It was a perf shift. And uh, there was, uh, I think, a couple dealers had those. And one of the dealers, I think he only had one. He sold his. The other dealer was in in the secondary room. I don't know if he sold many of his, but he had a couple of them. But that one's actually the rarer because I think there's only maybe a little over a dozen of those out there. Yeah. Uh, the art of magic souvenir sheet. There are a few more, but it's very popular. The, I think the topic really drives, and the fact that it's completely imperforate, whereas the other one's just a perf shift. Right. Uh, also, well, I
2: think you also the, the the magic souvenir sheets are also lenticular. Yeah. So which that kind of that kind of doubled new thing up.
1: For, which is a new thing for the postal service as well.
2: So the first U.S. stamp that's lenticular, they actually, it was in a limited edition souvenir sheet to begin with. And it was unannounced, that was unannounced on, the day day, on the day of issue. And came out imperfect by mistake.
0: Yep. Well, since we're discussing it, I brought, it brought in my uh, show and tell, and I'll uh, put this on Facebook. I got just today my package back. I went, uh, me and Mark, who is in here, uh, went to the first day ceremony for the magic, the art of magic. And they gave out the promotional things and you got a first day cover and stuff like that. And David Copperfield came out during the presentation. And if you want to hear about it, you know, go back to that podcast. But he left and so we couldn't get any autographs or anything. So I mailed my stuff to him and he mailed it back. And so now I have a first day cover of the uh, Art of Magic with David Copperfield's autograph on it. And I also sent him one of the lenticular souvenir sheets, and he autographed one of the stamps on the souvenir sheet also. So I have David Copperfield autographs. And uh, people who don't know, I'm a big magic guy. I'm a magician myself, and I uh, do magic tricks, and there's actually a cash deck out there with magic tricks in it
1: yeah sometimes we wonder why cash doesn't just make himself disappear
0: <laughs> hey, i try I try many times a day
2: oftentimes succeeding
0: yes, especially on Fridays yeah so did you other than the uh um hot Wheels exhibit did you see any of the exhibits?
1: uh yeah, I looked at a few um, They don't really stick out individually um i they get engrossing and you just kind of you're you're there and you're looking at them and looking at them and looking at them. I do know that um, I I really is one of the few postal history exhibits that I really enjoyed is uh, the New York Foreign Mail Mm. development of the New York Foreign Mail system and uh, I know the I know the uh, exhibitor and he's from Prague he's a British guy but he's from Prague and uh, uh, he actually won the grand.
0: Give him, give him a shout out. We know who he is. Yeah,
1: well, I'm not sure if he wants a shout out. So,
0: oh, but anyway, I'm sure he does.
1: Congratulations, Nick. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, it w- it was good to see him there. I hadn't seen him in a, a year or so, uh, so we got a, had a good conversation, and then uh, it was also nice to look at it, see how his exhibit had evolved, and uh, and uh, how he had actually gotten it to the to the point that it is now um also um, there was a good um official mail
0: exhibit was that lester's that was
1: less's and uh he did very well as well um so, and again it was good to see him there i did not expect to see him because it's a long way from southern california for him <laughs> yeah
0: uh, yeah, go all the way to Chicago to see the uh, exhibit that he has in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, but you
1: know, I, I uh, and like I said, he normally, I normally, I only see him in California, and it was a surprise to see him there, uh, along with a few other people. But uh, there was, you know, there was some, the variation in the exhibits is what's interesting, mm. and uh, generally, for the most part, I don't find the foreign. Uh, the exhibits that, that are exhibiting foreign stuff uh, don't necessarily uh, draw my attention nearly as much as the U.S. exhibits do. Well oh, that's to be expected. Uh,
2: there were a lot of exhibits. There were. There were like two full rooms of exhibit frames.
1: And that doesn't include the media, exhibit, the literature competition, which was in a separate exhibit room.
0: So. Which is much more important.
1: Well, only <laughs> if you're
0: one of the exhibitors.
2: So, uh, what did you buy? Well, like I said, I brought uh, a couple covers. Um, I got, a, I think, a number 11 on cover. I liked it just because it actually had all four margins. Mm. Um, not spectacular, but neat. That's my favorite stamp. And uh, want to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, I bought. Um, I just bought a, a used 573. Just to have it for reference mm-hmm. again, because 573A, you know, you'll get it and it's like, oh, yeah, it's dark, but is it the A? Yeah, and yeah. I don't have a 573 to compare it to. Yep. Now I do. Uh, and I also bought a bunch of uh, plate blocks that I'm hoping to win some good grades on eventually.
1: I'll be the judge of that. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I won't be.
2: <laughs> They're my things. I can't look at them. Yep. Well, speaking of graded stuff, should we give some stuff away?
0: Yeah, let's give away some graded items.
2: Well, I there's bet. only there's, this works out perfectly because we're giving away three stamps and there's only three of us.
0: Here today, yes. Yeah, Dawn is uh, incredibly busy with her new job. If, shout out to Don, uh, Dawn. Dawn. And uh, Mark is on a little vacation, so uh, he's off probably skiing or something. And Greg's off in Pennsylvania doing whatever Greg's doing. So. Yeah, so, yeah, we have a lot of people who tell are him not to go, here. should tell him to go to Belfont. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be a little out of his way. Of course, it's
2: a little out of the way for everybody. Where in Pennsylvania is he? It may not be. <laughs> Pennsylvania's a pretty big state. So I'm going to hand the box to Scott and let him pick the first number out. And he's
0: pointing the microphone so everybody can see into the box. And he got Uh, six, nine.
2: You need to talk into your microphone. Uh, Six, nine. I'm not sure which Uh, one it is. Let me see. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, controversy. Controversy. Oh, no. Uh, This is number nine. Number nine. Awesome. Who's number nine on our list? Number nine is Richard Yanagi. Where's he from? Um, hang on a second. He's screwed this thing up, and they're on the back. So he is from Hawaii. Hawaii, awesome, an overseas guy. <laughs> Not quite overseas. Middle of the, middle of the sea guy. Middle, middle of, the of the sea, sea. guy. Well, it's, you have to go over the sea to get it. Get there. That's true.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: And Kaj is going to do the drawing for the next one.
1: So he's going to get the C25, grade 95.
2: Congratulations. Yes. And now we're going to do the C30, the 30-cent blue transport. Kaj is going to get the magic box here, and he's going to do this one. Okay. You're going to dig around and get something out there? Yep.
0: I don't know if it's upside down or not. It looks like a number five, but it might be upside down.
2: Oh, stop it. <laughs> Quit making fun of people. Number five. Number five is Lori Gibney, and she is from Connecticut.
1: Connecticut. Wow. Oh, Can't get a whole lot further apart across the country, <laughs> yeah. can you? Yeah,
0: yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> Let's see if we can get somebody in the middle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. I'll see if I can do my best. Um <laughs> I am going to draw for the last one. This is the C-21, the green 20-cent uh, airmail.
0: The Clipper stamp.
2: Clipper Is that what it is? Yep. Yep,
0: it's a Clipper stamp. It was a uh, 20-cent rate to uh, specifically send to
2: Hawaii. All right. And Tom drew out number three. Wait, Are you up.
0: sure that's not a W?
2: Oh, stop. Captain Comedy. Number three is Michael Vagnetti, and he is from Florida.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> so, so, we we so did literally. <laughs> three
2: corners, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Giant triangle. Um, didn't have any overseas entries. Um But uh, Hawaii was about as overseas as we got.
0: Well, no, we got got. Hawaii, Connecticut, Florida. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, And I think those are about as far apart as I got because, let's (laughs) see, I had um, –
1: Well, congratulations. I could
2: have done in the middle. I had Colorado and Michigan.
1: Well, congratulations and to you, our winners. The rest were East Coast. And you threw mine out from Nevada. Congratulations to our winners and thanks for all who did send us an entry. Yeah,
2: thanks for uh, our 9 entries. I'm glad everybody sent them in and we will get these off in the mail to you shortly.
1: And I think we might want to do this again in the near future.
2: Sounds good. Next time somebody else volunteers the stamp so. Not I'm a problem. R- I remember I'm not the collector. I don't have that many to give away. <laughs> not
1: a problem. <laughs> I think I might have a Jenny sheet or two I can volunteer. Cool. How we doing?
2: 35 minutes. What do you want to do? End it. End it. End it. <laughs> You can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Never before have so few done so little for no one in particular. Stamp Show here today. Stamp Show here today.